What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back. It's Dr. Whitney here at the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I am here today with Aubrey Andrus, who is the author of the Look Up series, an entire series of books for kids that talk about real women in STEAM. And so I'm excited about this podcast interview today because As we all know, as women in the workplace, my goodness, we've come so far over the past couple decades, but also there is so far to go, particularly for our daughters, as we think about how to encourage them. So Aubrey, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to start this conversation. Yeah. So tell me, Aubrey, about your story, and then also tell me about your inspiration for writing this book series and a little bit more about what the series is. Yeah. So my background is in journalism and I went on to become a children's book author and I work for various different publishers. Um, And so my inspiration for the series really came from, it kind of, there's so many things that happened over the past few years with uh, COVID and just rethinking your, you know, your life and your career. And I also happened to have a a daughter during that time. So um, when I was a kid, like 99% of the women in my life were moms or teachers. And that's wonderful. I loved them. But I really would have loved to have some more female role models um, in the workplace. And because I do feel like that was a little limiting on my career choices. Um, For example, when I was like 10, I really became obsessed with what I was going to do one day. And I was really into Disney Imagineering, like the people who design the theme parks. <laughs> and I just was so into this. And there was nothing for kids, you know, about this, but I got like an adult nonfiction book and, uh, you know, tried to read all about it. And, you know, just reading like this book with a bunch of dudes who are engineers and, you know, inside pictures of them. And um, nothing really came of that. I, I did not end up as an engineer. And my dad literally majored in engineering. And like these dots were not connected for me, you know. And so, but I loved Judy Bloom, And I loved reading and writing. And she loved dancing. I loved dancing. She had brown hair. I had brown hair. Uh, she was Jewish. My best friend was Jewish. You know, I had all these like things. I saw myself in her. 
And I grew up one day to become a children's book author. And I don't think that was a coincidence, you know, that I had that kind of like role model that I looked up, looked up to. So I just kind of found myself thinking about this when I had a daughter and I got kind of sensitive to it. Cause you know, after you have a baby, you're like shoved into this super duper gender stereotype without even, you know, trying. You're just suddenly you're like breastfeeding on the couch and at home and not working. And you're like, what has my life become? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just super sensitive to how I could like, how would I show her like strong female role models? And she was literally a baby, but I was just already stressing out about this. So I made sure I got a female pediatrician. I got a, you know, female dentist for her. Um, Our hairdresser is is a guy, you know, I just started like (laughs) thinking of all these ways, like what can I do, you know, to to kind of balance this out. And um, yeah, so sort of like with that combined with um, all these women dropping out of the workforce during COVID, um, I just, the wheels started turning in my head about some type of book series I could write um, for girls because I had been really into American Girl Magazine as a kid. And I knew that, you know, they took girlhood seriously and taught me how to be a better friend and be good in school. And I actually went on to work at American Girl Magazine. So I had this background writing, like empowering content for girls. And I had this recent experience freelancing for publishers, writing a lot of STEM books, because that's obviously like a hot topic in children's publishing. And I was like, what if I combined these two things? You know, I had such a good experience as a kid with American Girl and their like advice and activity books and their magazine. Why couldn't they have taught me engineering too, or, you know, or science? And so I kind of like smashed those two things together. It was kind of my way of fighting back of all these, these women who dropped out of the workforce and the plight of working parents recently. It was just so frustrating to see. And I know not every woman can work at this time because of just childcare situations and school situations. And so I'm like, how are we going to show these role models to our kids? That's kind of the long story of the many things that were the wheels that were turning in my head about how to you know, get something into the hands of girls that could really show them some empowering women and female career role models. It's basically the book I wish I had when I was a kid. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, talk about what's happening in the workforce right now and with women in STEAM careers. I'm sure so many people who are listening, so many women are familiar, but let's just break it down as to what actually is happening for women over the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, the statistics are just crazy when you look at them. It's like women are, you know, half of college educated people and yet are still like about a a quarter of the STEM workforce. And even that number is kind of inflated because women are super heavily in like healthcare and more, um, you know, just roles where you're taking care of other people. And yet in engineering, it's literally 13%, you know, so it's like these numbers are truly astounding when you look into them. And because my background is journalism, like I'm always looking for like those stories to tell and the problems to solve and things that need bringing attention to. So once I really started doing research and, um, you know, just really looking into this, I was like, oh my God, I have to write this book series. You know, it was like, it had to be done. And there, and there's other issues too, like 67% of the STEM workforce is white. And, you know, it's just like, it's, there's so much room for growth and for women and for people of color and so it's just um, a huge issue right now that you know needs to be addressed and we need to get girls involved in STEM earlier um, there was a super interesting study I saw that was basically saying that uh, it, it looked at seven-year-olds 
through like 17 year olds and they kind of had the exact same career aspirations. So think about when you're seven, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be an athlete. I'm going to be a teacher. And then like 17 year olds still had those same answers because they're not exposed to other careers. They basically drew, according to the study, they just like drew inspiration from their family, which in my case was all moms and teachers, you know, or from the media, which like, as we know, is like super gender biased, like still, you know, so it's just when if you really start taking like inventory of like what your kid is exposed to and what gender roles are exposed to, it's, it's kind of alarming, you know, like we really need to go out of our way to show them more strong working women. So. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about the childcare being a huge piece of this in terms of moms backing out of the workforce and it really highlighting that idea that we do carry the mental load and the ultimate responsibilities for our families still, even though we shouldn't. So this morning yeah. we were talking before we started recording, you know, my nanny called out sick today. I have mm-hmm. with my modern mommy doc job some more flexibility because I can push things a little bit. And I, I chose this work because I love that flexibility. And at the same time, you know, there was no question this morning about who was going to be the one that took over taking the kids to school. It was a hundred percent me. Of course. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the statistic is 2.3 million people left the work or million women, excuse me, left the workforce in 2020. Hello. Like, I mean, that's, that number is mind boggling, you know, it's truly, and I have, I have two friends that did as well, you know, so, and it was due to childcare situations, you know, and so it's just like, yeah, it's just crazy when you really yeah. look at the numbers and like as you said, we've come so far, but yet there's, we're still not even close of where we need to be. Yeah. I love, of course, this idea of basically creating content that allows young women and especially women of color to see themselves reflected back, you know, to see an older version of themselves reflected back. So your series, I, I know that you have some people of color that are here in these steam position roles on purpose, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And I'm always trying to expose my kids to that too. Have you listened at all? Your daughter's a little young for this, but to the um, good night stories for rebel girls to that series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So That's- I, the book is great, but I actually love even more the podcast series because Ooh, they have an enti- yeah, they have an entire series that talks about diversity in terms of sexual orientation that talks about diversity of, um, people of color in terms of women who are in steam positions. And I heard my daughter mm-hmm. the other day, I almost broke down in front of her, but I was trying to keep it together to normalize that this is normal. First of all, yeah. she's listening to one that's about a lesbian couple and she goes, oh yeah, that's, that's where like a woman is romantically interested in another woman. Mom, like, <laughs> Yes. And then she goes, yeah. yeah. And then she's listening to one yeah. that is about um a woman who had autism or was on the spectrum and was like misunderstood mm-hmm. but was this amazing artist. And she goes, That's yeah. just like me. People didn't understand her, but she was different and she found her own path and she followed her dream. And even though she was different than other people, she was able to make a huge difference in the world. Like 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then she was listening to one about an engineer, you know, like I, I think yeah. really the work that you're doing on these books is so vital because it really is about reflecting back to young girls. This is possible for you because you can see yourself in the images and in the descriptions. For sure. Yeah. In children's publishing, they literally call it window and mirror stories. So you're either seeing a window into somebody else's life experience or you're seeing a mirror, like a true reflection of yourself, you know? So it's, yeah, I'd like to give girls both of those opportunities, you know, to see themselves or see someone maybe they're not used to seeing in, in one of these positions. Yeah. Tell me more about the books themselves and about like, what are the different types of positions that you highlighted and how you came about kind of developing the actual content, what you made sure to include in it? Yeah. So I wanted to pick careers that were STEM focused. Um, I did expand it to STEAM because art is such a key, you know, creativity and art is such a key component of all of these careers. And I was a, Mm. a creative kid who kind of assumed because I was creative, I couldn't be scientific or, you know, good at math. So that was important to include uh, that as well. But um, so I wanted to pick careers that would really jump out at the kids and that they could be really, really excited about. Because another important part of the series is just that I that I love to teach kids is that you can be really excited and passionate about your career. You don't have to hate it. You know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's I don't know, I like grew up with like, you know, I I think I saw a lot of people, a lot of adults who hated their jobs. not with the kids um so it's just yeah I I wanted to also encourage um kids to really find their passion and pursue it so I the first book is about a toy engineer so she's a mechanical engineer who works at a toy company technically toy engineer is not a job (laughs) but you know we Mm -hmm. we simplify that I've got a video game developer I have an ice cream scientist you know she's a food scientist who wrote her thesis on ice cream um and her, she got her PhD. And then um, I also have a beauty chemist, which would be a cosmetic chemist. But, you know, she developed lotions and bubble baths and, you know, bath bombs and, and all that kind of good stuff. And um, then I have a theme park designer, which was kind of my dream. And so it was really important for me to reach out to somebody who had that job because I know that's the, the true book, the literal book I wish I had had when I was a kid. So that's where we're starting with right now. There's just so many more careers I would love to um, look into. I want to get someone in aerospace and shark scientists and, you know, just lots of, there's just so many cool careers out there for kids. So Yeah. 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 I, it's interesting on the beauty chemist. I'm wondering, like, because um, I'm thinking about how if we'd written a book for boys, like that probably they wouldn't have done like a beauty chemist one, you know what I mean? Right. Potentially for boys, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm thinking about the idea of how, like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that mm-hmm. there were like the idea that already as a society, we kind of, um, are teaching young girls from a pretty early age, like, Oh, this sparkly top and this fun makeup. I mean, I do that with my kids too. My kids love like painting their yeah. nails and having spa day and whatever. Yeah. It's like, um, I think about it almost like if my kids liked, um, strawberries and I was giving them a fruit that's like similar to it, you know, Mm -hmm. that they haven't had before. I I like the idea of maybe taking what society is already kind of promoting for our kids and like tweaking it to make it more science or more steam focused and then expanding with the series as you move on. Was that kind of the thought process? Yeah, it was 
kind of twofold. It was, it was that. And also just like, I was concerned about that career too. I was like, do I go there or not? You know, cause like the cover is pink. It is a beauty chemist, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, I kind of like, she's like unapologetically super feminine and beautiful and strong and amazing. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> like this is amazing. Yeah. You know, like you can be a chemist and you can be like super beautiful and smart and in, into makeup and, you know, into dancing. And she was into also dancing and like, you know, it's just like, I, I didn't want to um, downplay the, I don't know, being a woman and like what that might mean. There's many different ways to be a woman. So. Yeah. I really appreciate that because I think that is true. Like I love, I mean, you guys can see my background, right? I love like the anthropology on like vibe mm-hmm. of like light and airy and like my favorite colors pink right and yeah <laughs> no problem with that because <laughs> yeah. like still consider myself like a very strong badass woman you know what I mean yeah, um, totally. so that it can come in all flavors yeah 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 so that was important to me and then as far as like what's in every book it was also it was important to me to uh, do narrative nonfiction, which is sort of like combines the best elements of fiction with nonfiction. So I'm telling a true story, but it's written in like a chapter book format with like, you know, characters and settings and, you know, just like it's, it's a little bit more gripping than the dense like STEM books I had been asked to write for certain publishers where it's, they're, they're kind of called like browsable nonfiction. You just packed with information and facts. You can flip to any page and maybe you'll learn something, but you're not really reading mm-hmm. it cover to cover, but I really wanted to like show the true like story arc of like, here's what this woman does. Here's what she was like as a kid. So you could kind of, you know, yeah, as a kid yourself, the reader, you know, you could kind of identify with her. Um, college she went to, here's what she majored in. Here's what college is. Here's what a major is. This is what a job means, why you have a job. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was really important for me to really like break that down. So I don't think we talk about career stuff enough for kids. Um, and then it just kind of goes into, then I have a section that's a little bit more like journaling focused in the back for each book. So it's like kind of pointing out, well, depending, like, for example, in the video game book, you're going to design your own video game and in the, in the, um, toy engineer book, you're going to start mapping out your own engineer, your own toy idea. But then there's also like a true journaling part that was sort of like, here's why we look up to this woman and then like kind of tell me like how you're already like her, you know, so we think Amanda's super strong. Well, tell me about a time when you felt really strong, you know, so that I just really liked that, too. So because I'm sure these books could feel a little bit overwhelming, like, wow, this woman has done so much and how do I even start? But I just want to show girls that like you, you're already kind of on your way there, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you're making it approachable. Yeah. It's not something that's far yeah. out in outer space. It's something totally. that could happen for them too. Yeah. You want it to be aspirational, but still like friendly. You know how like in high school you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into. I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we 
didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you, 24 access to our video library, live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. I want to dig into the idea you were talking about, about people hating their jobs and about um, yeah. adults that you saw who hated their jobs, because I had that experience too. Of, yeah. Of, of being surrounded, not always, but definitely by the idea. And, and I think it came from kind of this like boomer generation of grit mm-hmm. focused work of you have a job, you do it. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if you like it or not. You need to keep yeah. on going because you need to put food on the table and you having a steady retirement and you having steady income is the most important thing. You can live mm-hmm. later. Live when you're 70. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, like, don't have retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like we've we've made a shift that there is a paradigm shift that's happening for this mm-hmm. generation of working moms. But we had a really interesting interview with Katie Cesarini, who she's she's going to be on the show in in a month or so. We did actually a live event with our Centered Mamas Club, or yeah, sorry, our Modern Mamas Club. And, mm-hmm. and she came on and we did a live event and we're making it into a podcast episode because it was so good. Because she talked about this idea of even if something is a strength of yours, even if you're good at something, even if something is a natural fit at yours, if it's an energy depleter versus something that gives you energy, it's still okay for that not to be the right fit for you career-wise. Totally. Totally. I love that. And that's, I think, something that people are really focusing more on teaching children too is right now it's sort of like that um, idea that you can always get better at something, you know, like mm-hmm. just because you like got flunked a math test in third grade doesn't mean you can't be a mathematician, you know, <laughs> like, which is what right. I truly thought, you know, like, I mean, and so I loved like, for example, in the beauty chemist book, she actually is like a super genius and went to college uh, when she was 16, but she totally failed when she got there and literally got an F in chemistry but she still went on to be a chemist, you know? So it's like there, I, I like the idea of, yeah, you can totally, you do not have to choose the thing just because you're good at it. You can always get better at something else. Um, I, always, I also think it's super important, or at least it was important to me, um, showing like the importance of being passionate about your career because of like all the struggles that working women have, whether you decide to have kids or not, like you clearly have more hurdles to overcome in the workplace. So especially if you choose to have a child, like if you can come back to a career that you're super passionate about, like, and I think that'll be so much easier, right? Like, you know, I, I felt so lucky when I was on maternity leave that I was excited to go back to work and super passionate about what I do. And I thought of a lot of like people I know and I was like, wow, it must be really hard for them to go back to that soul sucking like office job that they clearly don't really like. You know, mm-hmm. so it's 
I just think, I mean, isn't that like the best situation if you're super passionate and excited about your career, you know, and you love going to work? Like, why wouldn't we try to teach kids to follow their passion? And um, yeah, and so that was just super important to me. Well, well, and it, it sounds like what you're talking about is that in your work, obviously you find purpose, you know, you mm-hmm. find fulfillment and satisfaction from the work that you're doing. Yeah. And so then if you do have a failure or a setback or things don't go your way that you're able to push through, if there is a hard moment, if yeah. there is, I mean, you know, you know that I've written the working mom blueprint, the new baby blueprint mm-hmm. with the American Academy of Pediatrics. And for sure, there's moments where I'm sitting there editing something from my editor, you know, working on something from my editor thinking like, I hate this. And yeah, it, but yeah, but the the drive of I care about this work so much makes it mm-hmm. so that those tough moments, those little parts of the job that are not my favorite part to do yeah. still are, allows me to get through those much much more easily because I can see yeah. kind of the bigger picture of this is the purpose behind it. For sure. Absolutely. And and also for me, at least helps with the mom guilt that like we sometimes inevitably have, you know, so just, I know I'm doing what I love and I'm super like inspired by it and energized by it. So it's, it's all, you know, it's good for me to be working and set a great example for my daughter. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let's um just for a minute. I mean, I'd love for people to hear personally for you, for those who are interested in writing or interested in finding like passion projects that are about things they really care about, about either women in STEAM or about um women in other subjects or doing kind of their passion projects. You obviously you work from home, but how does it work for you for this series? Because I know you've written for, like you said, American Girl, you've written some other books. When you have an mm-hmm. idea, are you pitching it via an agent to different publishers? Do you have a publisher that you work with? 99.9% of the time? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So that way we can give a little bit of like practical insider tips for people yeah yeah if anyone is interested in writing there's quite a few different ways to go about it those super traditional ways to come up with an idea write the idea get an agent they pitch it to a publisher it's a very long process if it's just a side passion project that might be fine for you but for me this is my like career how I pay my mortgage so I did a ton of networking directly with editors and publishers and um I do a lot of work for hire. So it's basically like, especially these days, publishers are coming up with um, what their needs are in-house, you know, based on sales stats and marketing and mm-hmm. whatever. And then they're just like need a writer to like execute the vision. So I'm asked to do a lot of various different projects based on their needs. And that's been like, you know, a decade of networking <laughs> to, to get into mm-hmm. that. Um, so that, yeah, that's a little like non-traditional way to go about it. But if you're truly looking to like be a full-time author, that's kind of the only way in my opinion to kind of do it, unless you're going to go write Harry Potter, you know? Um, but yeah, so, but then for this series, I actually decided, so I've worked with like tons of big publishers like Scholastic and National Geographic and Lonely Kids, or Lonely Planet Kids. And, um, I decided for this series to start my own publishing company and publish them myself because I just had like a very specific like vision for this series and I wanted to make sure I featured women of color and just, I, I, I also, it's kind of a unique format, how it's like narrative nonfiction with the journaling, with activities. And, you know, it's just, it's something that I think some publishers would have been like, well, where will that sit on a shelf? How are we going to market this? And Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, well, so basically I started my own publishing company. I'm doing print on demand, you know, selling it myself 
on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target and um, various other online outlets. And so, yeah, I, that's another thing you can do is the, you know, the, the indie publishing world, which used to be called self-publishing, you know, is, um, is growing and there's crazy, amazing technology and resources to help you like execute these projects and make them. I, I would recommend that you definitely have some experience in the, in the industry before going this route. But, um, yeah, I'm super pumped about it. Like, you know, to be doing it on my own and, I like that if, when someone buys these books, they're supporting a small female owned business than as opposed to like a big New York city publisher. So that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think what you, what you said is important because uh, it highlights this, this dichotomy, right. Of we want to teach our girls to dream. We want to teach our girls that they can be anything that they want to be. And mm-hmm. also we need to still teach our kids that it takes hard work. We have to still be real about the fact that like sometimes there are like grinded out nights and days or, you know, you have to make your own personal investment to make it happen or Mm -hmm. you have to self-publish the book either, you know, by choice on your own for the long term or in the short term before Mm -hmm. a big publisher takes it on, that type of thing. And so I actually think, I mean, you're a great example of exactly what we want our girls and our boys to be learning, which is like, Mm -hmm. there is this happy medium between grit and dreaming between grit and aspiration. A little bit too. Yeah. Thank you for saying that though. (laughs) Yeah. But that's also another like inspiration I had for this or, you know, a reason I wanted to write this series is that I get, as a children's book author, I get asked to speak in classrooms a lot and they, Oh, the Q and a session always turns into like, what's it like to be an author? And, you know, right. I think kids are really into that. And I, I started to honestly kind of feel like I was, you know, like painting a false picture or something. Cause I was like, I don't know. I sit at my desk all day by myself writing, like grinding it out and like just going from project to project. You know, it's really hard to make a living as a full-time author. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like that. I was like, I'm like, I want to tell these kids about other careers. Why aren't we? And that, that was another like epiphany. I'm like, why aren't doctors coming into the schools? Why aren't scientists coming into these schools? Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not like, I don't know. I just felt weird. I was like, I don't think children's book author is like the number one career we should be teaching our kids to pursue. Like, you know, I just don't. And there's also like a need in the workplace for STEM careers. You know, like we, we also should be telling our kids about these jobs that we actually as a society really need to fulfill and, you know, that are really important. So, yeah. So I like now that I can talk a little bit about being an author, but then I can also say, hey, look at these high paying, amazing jobs, you know, (laughs) bring you lots of happiness. (laughs) Yeah. Although, although I will say as a doctor, it's funny because I get asked to do speeches in schools too about, you know, what it's like to be a doctor. And I feel like I'm actually like with you in that same boat being like, actually the higher paying job would be to go be an engineer. (laughs) The higher paying job would be to be like in advertising. Like this is a bad investment. Unless you're going to be a plastic surgeon, you really shouldn't do this. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole thing with these STEAM careers is that they actually are uh, outside of healthcare, which it, healthcare is important. It's good. I'm glad that I can help people and kids and you yeah. know, it's fulfilling. But it's actually not the job that for women is going to be the job that is like 
the most financially successful for them. Some of these other Mm -hmm. jobs, the scientist for the cosmetic company, the toy engineer, Mm -hmm. the person who's doing the amusement park engineering, those are actually going to be the ones that we really want these young girls to also feel like they can have a part of. So um, I just love the work that you're doing in this series. Oh, thank you. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for being here, Aubrey. I just uh, think that people are going to be encouraged. Can you tell, again, people what the titles of the book series is, and then also where they can find it and check it out for their kids? And then also, I want you to also give like an age range for what these books are meant for. Because um, when I looked at them, they felt very specific to Mm -hmm. a certain age group, like who would enjoy the books the most? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my background is, uh, I have a lot of experience working for American Girl. And so that eight to 12 year olds, uh, it's called middle grade in publishing. That's like my core audience is eight to 12 year olds, uh, girls for this book series, but boys will love this too. It's just, it was important to me to really target this to girls, um, for all the reasons we've talked about. But yeah, it's called the lookup series. Um, you can go to thelookupseries.com and see links to each of the books. The first two books are called Amanda Toy Engineer and The Video Game Developer. Dr. Maya Ice Cream Scientist is coming out very soon. And um, you can find them on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, target.com. But if you go to thelookupseries.com, you'll see the link to all the places you can purchase it. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And until next time, you guys. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.